It is Encounter with God time here on Faith FM. Well, before we get to text messages, we do need to mention the end.digital on again this evening. Yeah, first one last night. Yes, so 7.30 this evening, be there. Uh, Make sure that you are a part of the show and part of the program and uh, join us at the end.digital on Facebook or YouTube or the website. We had uh, just an amazing presentation last night. We're going to have um, another great presentation tonight. I can give you a little bit of a sneak preview about tonight. We're going to actually study a prophecy about Jesus and about when Jesus would come. Did you know? Did you know, as a listener, that the Bible tells us when Jesus would appear, as in the date, mm. and it was exactly fulfilled. And uh, um, it's a prophecy that has been so controversial that. There was an ancient religious order that placed a curse on whoever reads it. On anyone who reads mm. it, there was another secret society of the Dark Ages, dangerous, bloodthirsty secret society of the Dark Ages, that has worked consistently since 1592 to obliterate and to obscure this particular prophecy. Mm. Is it you taking tonight or Justin? Uh, I'll be on tonight. Okay. Mm. That's why I can give you yeah, a, little, why you can give us a little bit of an extra sneak preview yeah, tonight. So That's what we want to hear. Yes. All right. So that's tonight. Um, make sure that you uh, join us right there. The end.digital, uh, Facebook, YouTube, or website. Okay. Any text messages that need to be read? All right. Text messages. We had one that came through from Bruce. Where was that one from Bruce? Uh, let's bring that back up on the screen very quickly. This was, I think, a phone call message. And we were talking about, you know, the mm. way the world is going. State of the world, yeah. And comparing this time last year with this time this year. Mm. And, of course, last year, this time, we were in the worst drought that any living human being had seen. And this time this year, of course, we have storms and floods and roads being washed away and Bribey Island being cut in half and, you know, the it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. And it's like, okay, is this the new norm? And Bruce is called to say that the reason the world is getting worse is because it's Satan, Satan's kingdom. And he just loves making life hard mm. for human beings. He takes great pleasure and great joy in that. It's one of the perversities of human nature is that um, human nature can take pleasure in pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is something that they get from Satan. Mm. You find it in kids. You, know, you see little boys that will you know, catch blowflies and pull their wings off and talk, turn them into walks mm. and think it's so much fun. Mm. No, it's not really fun. You know, there's a necessity for killing flies when they come in your house. I get that. They're going to carry disease and so forth, so we need to hit them with a bug spray. But when you see that happening... And, you know, I was there as a kid, been there, done that, all those kind of things. When you see that, this is the way the devil relates to human beings. He sits up yeah. and, and thinks up schemes like, what can I do to torture those human beings over there? Oh, I can I can flood the place and have a big storm, rip up their beach and make that miserable for them. And, okay, what can I do over there? And the more and more human beings turn away from God, the, more, the less and less influence of the Holy Spirit there is on this earth. Mm. And the less influence of the Holy Spirit there is on the, this earth, the more power and opportunity Satan has to mess with stuff. That's our world. So well mm. said, Bruce. Okay, uh, let's see. The stresses of another text message coming through here from a listener. The stresses of life today make it almost impossible for families to develop properly when you consider most couples 
both need to work just to survive. Imagine throwing in the mix a pregnancy. All that stress will be passed to the baby. Satan's attack on the family has been constantly increasing. Oh, 100%, hey? It, yeah, absolutely. And I will say this. Here in Australia, I believe that most families can survive on a single income, and I actually support that. I raised both of my kids in Sydney, and you all know how expensive it is to live in Sydney, on a single income. Mm. And as a family, we chose to invest my wife's potential income into our children. Mm. And as a result of that, yeah, we're in our mid to late 40s now and our first home buyers, you know, less than 12 months ago. But we don't regret a moment of it. Mm. And for us, we see it as being an incredibly good investment. Mm. But not everybody has that opportunity. And I get that. There is so much pressure and stress in our world right now that's just dragging people down. Uh, And, yeah, this is another part of Satan's attack. He's not just attacking the natural world. He is attacking the family. If he can rip the family apart, he can destroy the image of God and man. That's what he's all about. Well, it's everything, isn't it? If it can be used to destroy someone, he'll take it. Yep. Which is totally contrasting to... God, right? That's right. Completely opposite. Yes. Like I'm reading Hosea for my devotions and just this morning I was reading, um, no, sorry, last night I was reading chapter six, I think, where it's saying, you know, even when you have torn, you will bind up. That's a totally different, totally different kind of power, like supernatural being is that one just seeks to destroy just, just for kicks and one is like, man, I'm the surgeon here. Like what I were allowed to be broken is so that I can heal it. Yes. Totally different. Like, what a God we serve. Indeed, indeed. All right, we need to get into our Bible study. Isaiah chapter 58 is where we are heading today, so let's head over to Isaiah chapter 58 and let's find out what does the Bible say right here. Isaiah chapter 58. And we're going to start reading in verse 1. This is whole, We're going to read the whole chapter. It's great oh, chapter. nice. Okay. We'll I'm, a bit at a time, but... Yeah, taking to pieces. Yeah. I'm going to say a prayer for us before we get into the Word, as I've been doing. Uh, Papa, Lord God, I just want to thank you so much that we have access to your Word, that we can know you, um, and that you are a God who when we are faithless, you are faithful, and when we are in doubt, you are sure, and we can trust your Word. Um, God, just teach us today. Amen. Amen. All right, and while we're turning over there to Isaiah chapter 58, another text message has come through. I watched the presentation last night. What a great study. If anyone listens to it and doesn't believe in the prophecies about Jesus, I would have to question if they really want to know the truth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big call. That's a big call right there. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Check it out. It is available still. Last night's presentation is still available, so you can go head over there and you'll be able to um, check out last night's presentation in preparation for tonight's presentation. They all stay up, yeah, from the very first, the end, that you guys at the start of the year? Yeah, 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 cool. I was going to say, it's still a great resource. It's a great channel. You can go there and you can start from the beginning of the channel and work your way through. Or if you want to just re-watch something, like if you watched last night and you just want to watch again or you haven't seen it, just go back, have a little squiz. Okay, so Isaiah 58 verse 1 says, Shout with a voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem to, to seem delighted to learn all about me. 
They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. Okay, stop there for a moment. How would you like to have Isaiah as your church pastor? <laughs> the rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> and he stands up in church and says, okay, cry aloud, spare not. Mm. Don't hold back here. Mm. And let me list your sins. Yeah. It's basically someone coming to you live and saying, yeah, you, you don't have a converted heart. You act like you do. You're jumping on radio like you do, but you don't, you know, like that's. Absolutely. That's like exactly what it is. It's straight up. No. <laughs> like, you're deceiving yourself if you think that that's where you're at. Yeah. Wow. Ouch. Right? Ouch. <laughs> I kind of wonder whether this guy would have been a very popular preacher today. No. Uh, and what we might have said to this particular person if they were starting out today, you know, as a young preacher, getting up there full of fire and full of uh, enthusiasm, he'd be like, okay, how are we going to. Uh, Calm this guy down a little bit. Hundred <laughs> percent. Because he's just offending like, Let's people. Let's just get him quiet. <laughs> it's just offending people. Yeah, there's a lot of these kind of passages in the Bible, and it does make me wonder sometimes. People don't like to have their sins called out. No way. But oh, yep. No, you answer something. No, you go. You go. You go. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's interesting though because if you want to have. Um, true, like, deep relationship with any person, doesn't matter what level that is, uh, you have to be willing to acknowledge the things which are a bit broken in yes, that relationship. that's right. Right? And so when God goes, there's something really seriously wrong here, it's also a call to, hey, can we fix this so we can sort this out? Like, it's it's big, but if you don't have that conversation now, well, what what's the long run going to be? You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, what were we going to say? Don't remember. Nice. <laughs> was, what Could you get said, it back. What you said was awesome. <laughs> what you said was awesome. Okay, so cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Mm. Uh, not holding back right here. And he continues on, you know, you seek me daily. Yeah. You pretend to desire to know my ways, a nation that you pretend like you're righteous um, and that you haven't forsaken the ordinances of God. Um, you ask of me ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God, but not really. Mm. And if we continue reading on, uh, where did you get up to? Verse 2? Yeah, the end of verse. So they ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. Wow. Go <laughs> three. Uh, we have fasted before you, they say. <laughs> Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you whoa, keep oppressing your workers. Do you have a fast? I have before, yeah. For health or for prayer? Prayer. Okay. And, and the Bible talks about fasting and praying, and it's not a bad thing to do. It's quite a, quite a good thing to do. Mm. But these people would do it. What was their motivation for doing it? I'd say it was just a workspace thing, right? Yeah. So we they, can do this to look good and feel like we're doing the right thing. Uh huh. It's like, um, uh-huh. what's it called? Like satisfying your conscience? Yeah, they were doing it so that they could impress God. Yeah. And each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. It was all about appearances. Mm. God's not interested in appearances. Mm. God's interested in what's in your heart. And this is what he's going to say as he works his way down through this chapter. I don't care about your appearances. You can look as holy and righteous as you want, but if it's not in your heart, then I don't want to know about it. And it's interesting too because there is a bit of a tension in what you can see. He goes, yeah, you're fasting. You're still oppressing people though. That's something you can still see, right? That's so right. So it's like real selective on this is what makes me good. Yes. Like, And I think you can be quite distorted in your own thinking that you're like, yeah, if I just do this, I'm all sweet. 
no, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when you start uh-huh. to play uh-huh. um, that you're the one who can get you saved, yeah, you can have so many areas of your life that are just really, um, yeah, just not actually aligned, but you think they are because you're like, yeah, I, I can do the things. No, no. All right, let's keep going here. Let's read. Uh, let's take these verses two at a time, shall we? Okay, yep, okay. So verse four, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarrelling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap, burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think that this will please the Lord? Okay, what verse was that last one you read? Five. Yes. I read four and five. Because your translation is so different from mine. Okay, you do it. Yeah, yeah, I can't even read. I was like, where where are you up to <laughs> right now? Okay. Okay, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Whoa. That's Strong a language, heavy right language. There. yeah. Okay, so this is interesting. So they are fasting for fighting and debating. Mm. Is this something that exists within the Christian church? For sure. Debating. I would actually say arguing. We never have debates here on Faith FM, do we? <laughs> Minnie and I always agree with each other, right? Every now and then, off air, we have more. <laughs> what about this? Yeah. <laughs> but we probably don't have big arguments. But in no. church, man, this is something that happens heaps, right? Like churches split over, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. almost doesn't matter what the issue is. If I think I'm right and you disagree with me, how quickly does it get into this massive tension? And what happens is that the entire Christian experience goes out the window yeah. as people fight over what is truth. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the traps that I think that um, Satan can really, really trap us into. Um, is like, oh, truth is important. Truth is important. You need to you need to study truth, and truth is absolutely critical. Mm. So is living a Christian life and living a life like Jesus. Both of those are absolutely critical. Well, I would actually argue that as Christians, you can't have truth and not have the person of Jesus because he says, I am the truth. So it goes together. You can have the letter of the truth. Yes. You can hold the – the Bible speaks about holding the truth in unrighteousness. Yes. But I'm saying as Christians – Yeah, you can't experience it, you can't live it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Which changes everything. Uh, phone's buzzing away here. Let's see what uh, somebody has to say. Uh, in the last days, those people will ask, you knew and didn't tell me. Um, I am lost. You should have told me. I did not know. People whoa, whoa, who need it. So I, I, think that, I, think, I think in context here, I think that uh, this person is um, looking at, um, you know, the, the, the passage there that says, you know, cry loud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Yeah. And taking a broader view because, I mean, the view I'm taking here is, of course, the view where this is directed at the church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there is also an opportunity to speak out to those who are not a part of God's church. Mm. And I think often we, as Christians, we have a nervous flinch about sharing Jesus Christ. And we're sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, you know, rather than like, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I really believe in him and he's done amazing things in my life. Rather than taking that, it's like, yeah, we're almost kind of apologetic about being a Christian and particularly amongst people who are not Christians. Yep. Do you think there's an element though? I was talking to my friend who stayed at my house last night. Um, at least in my experience, there can be this aspect of 
we shy away from sharing things because we feel like the history has been, let's tell people about their sin before introducing them to Jesus. So they start from a place of condemnation rather than a God who wants to save you from that place. Does that make sense? I think that there's actually a place for both. I actually can care. But you continue. Expand. Because the Bible does both and Jesus mm. does both. Yeah. And it depends on the person that you're talking to. Mm. And this is one of the reasons why we need to have the body of Christ because by having the body of Christ, we're going to have various different methods yeah. uh, of being able to reach out to people. Mm. So, yeah, I do see that there's a an, an, a uh, um, an aspect of where both approaches are, are necessary because different approaches are going to reach different people. Mm. Some people need to have that slap in the face to wake yeah. them up. 100%. And some people you slap in the face, they're just going to be offended and they're just going to be like turned away from Christianity and being like horrified by it. Mm. And we need to be in prayer and we need to be in connection with Jesus Christ so that we know and are able to listen to and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that we know how to approach people. Yeah. And that whoever sent you that message, I think that's a really valid point. At my small group a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, I don't remember what his name was, but he is not a Christian at all, but he wrote some kind of book and was talking, he was just looking at religions and he was saying when it comes to the Christian religion, if you really believe this and you're not sharing, I mean, like how much do you have to hate a person not to share with them their salvation? His name is Penn Gillette. Okay, yeah, that's his name. Uh, and, yeah, and we're just talking about – actually? Okay, apparently he's a magician. I'm getting notes from uh, Liam who's telling me more about this. But, yeah, so he just makes his comment, and I think what um, you were reading out from the text message for, it's like, yeah, the people who go, why didn't you tell me? Yes. Right? Yep. And that's the thing. If I'm like, man, if I'm, if I'm saying this is the most amazing, life-changing, the best good thing I've ever encountered. Why wouldn't you share it with somebody? How could I not? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And yet, at the same time, I also understand not because I know I hold back because I'm like, man, is it my place to call this out? I don't know. Maybe that comes back to the whole truth in love. Speak the truth. Yeah. In see, love. maybe maybe if uh, if there was a bank down here, down the end of the street here at uh, Wall's End or somewhere, and they decided to um, to give everybody, you know. $50,000 just if you walked through the front door and you heard about it. Mm. I'd be pretty ticked off if you didn't tell me. Fully, yeah. Like, you knew about this and, and you, you never didn't. told me? Yeah. I could have had 50 uh-huh. grand? Uh-huh. That's actually a great example though, right? Because if we say this is the most amazing thing that we have, but um, actually it's a personal faith. Do you know what I mean? Have yeah, you heard I that before? so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah, interesting. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We've got some more uh, passages of the Bible to read, Minnie, so let's read them. Another couple of verses. Okay, I think I was up to verse 6. So this is Isaiah 58, verse 6. No, this is not the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. All right. So, you know, you work down through here and suddenly God is outlining the kind of fast that he's most interested in. Yeah. Another kind of fast where you fast to show off and to brag and to demonstrate to other people, you know, how righteous you are Mm. or to demonstrate to God how righteous you are. That's not what fasting is about. It's like, here's a better fast. Yeah. Do the right thing. 
Live, live like this. Live Christianity. Do you do you fast much? Have you fasted for spiritual reasons? I have from on occasions. I don't have a my metabolism does not suit mm. fasting very well. Even though I know it's good for your health on occasions to fast and give your body a bit of a break, but my metabolism just really puts me into lots of trouble if I fast too much. I have to be very, very careful about that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just you know. Part of having a fast metabolism, I guess. Mm-mm, yeah. Mm. Is it something when you have, you've talked to people about or is it just a real personal like? No, oh, no. This is, this, is yeah. a, this is a personal thing. Yeah, same. So, yes, my Christianity, I'm happy to talk to people about that, yeah. but fasting is a personal thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, verse 8, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will will quickly heal. Your godliness will leave you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your fingers and spreading vicious rumors. It, it, go ahead. I was going to say, this is really interesting, that verse 8, after he's just talked about the way to do fasting well, it's all to do with service, really. Uh-huh. Right? Like liberating the oppressed, sharing your food, like helping yes. your – and it's saying – then salvation, and then your wounds will heal. Yes. The salvation and healing. That's right. After service. Mm-hmm. Which I just find a really interesting progression. Like rather than let me sort myself completely out, there's something in giving as Jesus gave of his life, of our time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that actually has a really restorative, redemptive work in our personal life. Yeah, that's interesting. I had not seen that before. I'm just externally processing. To be honest, it may be wrong. I'm just no. I I like this. I like this. So basically, you start as a religious person who is lost. Mm. So you are lost in the church. Mm. Basically, you get this rebuke, this slap around the face from Isaiah. Isaiah comes along and it's like, yeah, slaps you in the face (laughs) and says, (laughs) "You lost." Uh huh. Um, And you need to get it together with God. And you need to start living Christianity. And so then you're like, okay, I'm going to live. So you begin to live Christianity Mm. rather than just, you know, profess Christianity. And then a result of living Christianity is you have all of this restoration that takes place in your life and all of this healing that takes place in your life. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And look, I mean, that's kind of a bit of a tricky spot too because it's not like your works will save you. No, not at all. It's not that. But I will say this, is that for broken people, Mm. they can do this without a knowledge of God and it's still going to have a restorative effect on them. Yes, yes. Because this this is a biblical formula right here for good emotional health. Yeah, 100%. Hey, that's a really good point. Yeah. All right, so Minnie's uh, busily I'm, flicking I through her find, Bible. I want to find, so because I'm reading, as I said, Hosea for my devotion, this is, oh, actually, you know what, this is a different version, so I might be like, what is this talking about? Yes, you might be. It's, it, it likes to do that sometimes, but there was a thing that I was doing the other day I just found really, really interesting, which I for sure am not going to find it now. But basically it was along the lines of like, you're not even, <laughs> such a different version. Okay, it's basically like you're not even trying to with your life and your deeds turn to God. And so that kind of goes right. back to this, right? So it's like it's yes. not about it saving you, but it's just like am I willing for what I do to be a turning my heart towards or away from? Indeed. This is a thought. It's just, a great thought. Just something that's in my head. 
<laughs> what were you going to say? Did you have any thoughts about this, Lyle? <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, I probably should mention mm-hmm. uh, the end digital this evening. Yeah. We've got to mention that a couple of times during the program because we are back on again this evening. It's going to be an amazing program. Hope that you are all there and able to join us. So the end.digital this evening, uh, be there and join us at 7.30 this evening mm. uh, for the second in our installment of uh, Here's the One. Uh, didn't need to talk about that. And there was something else I needed to talk about as well, oh, and that is question of the day. So we've been working through a big pool of uh, yeah. questions. I think we're coming to the end of our pool of questions that have sort of been sitting there as a backlog. be great to have some more come through. We'd yes. love to know what your questions are, so send through your questions of the day. Yeah, we want to know. Numbers to call, 1-800-324-843 or text on 0491-064-669. right, back to our Bible study. We need to get back to Isaiah chapter 58 because there's some really great verses. We need to finish out this chapter. Let's just read straight through to the end of the chapter and we can come back and work over some of it. Okay, so verse 10. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out of the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as rebuilders of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Okay, so uh, I do have to go back and highlight uh, verse 12 Mm -hmm. because your translation butchered it. Yeah, I believe it, but you read yours. Okay. So listen to this. <laughs> and they shall and they shall be of you that shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, <gasps> the restorer of paths to dwell in. Nice. Okay, so yours missed out the repairer of the breach. It did. That changes things. It does change things. So you're building up the walls again yeah. and you are repairing the breach. And when it talks about repairing the breach, it's like there's a gap in the wall. A breach is a gap in the wall. Yeah. And this is what you would often find when a city had been attacked and when it had been destroyed and when it had been conquered and burned. You come to that city and most of the walls would still be standing. Mm. But there would be this massive massive breach in the wall and because there is a breach or a gap in the wall, then the enemy can just come in flooding in whenever they want. And that wall is a wall of protection that exists around mm. uh, God's people. Yeah. Now, this is what's interesting. The longer Bible study, I don't have time for all of it. In the Bible, that wall is symbolic of God's law. Ooh. And here the Bible speaks about a breach in God's law. And the next thing it does, okay, the Ten Commandments is, is God's wall of protection around us. And the next thing it goes to mention is the Sabbath. Mm. And I find that super significant because out of all the Ten Commandments, that is the one that is ignored more than any other commandment. Mm. People are good with, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not, uh, you know, take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, etc., etc., etc. But they ignore the Sabbath commandment. And the Bible says that if we delight ourselves in the Sabbath, that we will ride upon the high places of the earth. There is a very special Sabbath blessing that you can get on that day that you can't get anywhere else. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, so where are we up to? Uh, it is now time for. Of the day. Okay, the question of the day today is Do we know who the Magi are and were they really only three? Okay. 
The Magi are typically depicted as being three. The Bible does not say how many Magi there were. Mm. The Bible says there were three different kinds of gifts. And what is significant about those gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, is that all of them were incredibly precious, incredibly valuable, and all of them were the kind of gift that you would offer to only to the child of royalty. Hmm. You would never offer these kind of gifts to anybody other than royalty. Because of their expense? Or, yeah, their yeah. expense and their value and uh, yeah, symbolism of them, symbolism of them, etc. And so then, what you've got is you've got this interesting situation where the magi travel from a very, very long way away. We're going to talk about who they are in just a moment. They arrive in Jerusalem. They're like, "Where's the Messiah?" And the, the, the Jews know nothing about it. And then um, they get directed to Bethlehem. And in Bethlehem, what they do is they do not meet a child of royalty. Hmm. They meet the child of a peasant girl, the apparently Ill- illegitimate child of a peasant girl that is living in abject poverty. And they bestow those gifts on this child. Mm. That is a tremendous amount of faith. These are not Jewish people. These are not uh, people who, well, they are followers of Yahweh. We know that. But they are followers of God. But they, you know, they're not, they haven't become a part of the Jewish nation. So they've traveled from a long distance. They have worshiped. Okay, so here's the second thing they don't just bestow these gifts on the apparently apparently illegitimate child of a peasant girl, but they worship Mm. that baby as God. Mm hmm. That's pretty big and that's a lot of faith and I think there's a lot to the story of the Magi that, yeah, we just really don't know. Okay, so the word Magi is a Persian word and it uh, comes from Zoroastrianism Uh, and so we would assume that if the Bible is calling these people Magi because they're recognised as Magi when they arrive, it's like, well, they're Persians. Mm. And so they're coming from what is modern-day Iran. And you might wonder, well, okay, why would the Magi be following a star? Well, the Magi had several prophets. One of those prophets was a man by the name of Balaam Hmm. who prophesied of the rise of the star. Out of They were following the prophecy of Balaam when they came to worship Jesus. Now, Balaam lived, what, a thousand years before this or something or other? At least, if not more, 1,400 years before this? And so this is a prophecy that has lived on and continued to exist in Persia all the way down through those centuries. Now, just seeing a random star in the sky, it's like, okay, we're going to pack up our bags and go and uh, bestow great wealth and uh, worship on the apparently illegitimate child of a peasant girl just on some random star in the sky, to me personally, is not enough. To me there was more to this story than what is recorded in Scripture. Mm. And, of course, if you compare you know, the prophecy of Balaam with the prophecy, another prophecy that came from the same part of the world, Daniel chapter 9, then you've got the right star in the right place at the right time. And if you want to know more about that particular prophecy and how it pinpoints the timing of the coming of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to listen to the end. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.